Hello everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Isaac. And you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This podcast is a watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender. We will be discussing each episode in detail and giving our opinions on it. So stick around and be a part of the conversation. Just as a warning, this episode does feature spoilers from Avatar The Last Airbender. This is a teen rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Rachel. And I'm Isaac. Today with us we have... Hi guys, my name is Jackie. Yes, if you don't know already, Jackie is from our sister podcast, I guess you could say, (laughs) Beach City Crows, which include her and Isaac. Check it out if you haven't already. It's great if you're a fan of Haikyuu or Steven Universe. It will definitely pique your interest. Yeah. I guess we can uh, hop right into this. Well, we should introduce what episodes we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about um, episodes, I believe it's 9 through 12 of season 3. Yes, we're like halfway through season 3. These episodes were fucking good. Okay, first one we watched, in my opinion, wasn't that good. But the rest of them are like, holy crap, this is like peak Avatar to me. Yes. Yeah, the first episode, which was, um, what was the first episode? Do you have the episode names down? I can't. That's how boring this episode is. It was um, <laughs> Nightmares and Daydreams. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, that episode, it, it's definitely something that I think appeals more to a younger crowd. Um, I, I was trying to, so I watched these live, so I was trying to remember what it was like for me being a 17-year-old watching the show, and I don't think I liked this episode back then either. It's nice to have this break before, obviously, the momentous episodes that follow, but it's just an awkward episode, and I get that they're trying to show the anxiety that Aang is going through but it just doesn't feel right for some reason yeah Yeah. it's funny you say that because i was or isaac said it yesterday he's like man i can't imagine watching this live and waiting for a new episode and this is the episode you get i would feel like cheated out of an episode honestly (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i can't remember but i'm pretty sure it all dropped in one chunk um there was a because there was a huge gap in between previous stuff and then leading up to the day of black sun there was a big gap um so i think it might have all dropped all at the same time because as i was watching them it felt like i had seen them in that order um the first time i had watched it obviously i've seen avatar hundreds of times so sometimes my memories are muddled a little bit but it all feels like one complete piece even though that episode is definitely the weakest one yeah definitely i i mean it did do i i think obviously we're getting to see things like you're talking about his his anxiety his stress i think it is kind of funny how you know that dream where he doesn't have pants on because we've all had that kind of dream where we're freaking out we don't know what to do it's pretty uh easy though at the end where it's just crew you know Sokka, Toph, and Katara and they're all just like we believe in you and he's like okay that's all I need to go to bed <laughs> I was like so okay so that's it <laughs> I wish I it was really that have... simple for me I just want someone to every day be like we believe in you perfect yeah. I'm motivated <laughs> for the we'll day now you. We'll call you every night, Jackie. Be like, hey, Thank Jackie, you. we believe in you. We'll just call each other every night. Instantly falls asleep, doesn't even hang up. Boom. Hey, everyone, we believe in you. You can go to bed now. <laughs> just replay this episode of Let's Talk Avatar and you'll, you'll be able to go to bed. Actually, just watch this episode. Watch this episode of Avatar and uh, you'll go to bed. So <laughs> that's all you need. Are we ready to hop into 
Day of Black Sun Part 1 and 2? Yes. Because that is insane. Yeah, this, these next two episodes are suspenseful. They're very... I feel like they were executed very well. It's just, it, it, it sucks because it's one of those moments where you're like, you've been waiting for this and it obviously does not go at all according to plan. You're kind of let down by that, but you're still like, man, like everything's going so good. This is exactly how I wanted it to go, which I guess makes sense because I, it's never that easy, you know? I think well, this is where Azula's character just comes out in full force. Like I've always liked Azula as a character just because she is the way that she is. And usually those like, I feel like royal family dynamics, it's usually like the prince who's a lot more psychopathic or like, you know, plays mind games, but I like how they went the route of the sister mm-hmm. and Azula is like the perfect character for that. Yeah. And she like literally has this plan, all that get into it. Sorry, Jackie, what were you going to say? <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember. And I was not thinking about Azula. Um, I think I was, <laughs> I think I was going to say, um, Oh, uh, you, you guys were talking about how, you know, it didn't go according to plan or, or I can't remember your exact wordage, but, um, so first of all, I remember the hype building up to this in the long wait to get there as it aired. But the biggest thing for me was I knew it wasn't going to go according to plan. Um, um, because it's episode 10 of a 22-plus episode season. There's no way that Aang is going to defeat Fire Lord Ozai in this. There's, it's not, yeah. It can't go according to plan. So the question going into it was what does happen? And what are the consequences when they fail? How do they fail? Um, and that's mm. the one thing that I think the writers of Avatar did a really good job with is, and I think a good example is going back to the end of book two, like that twist is one of the best twists ever in a Saturday morning cartoon. And now we were just wondering, okay, what, are, what curveball are they going to throw at us for the day of black sun yeah definitely Sokka was like the mvp oh yeah you really see his character shine and the capabilities he has and to me i mean he gets to work with his dad which is really cool to see but the fact that he gets to end up leading the whole um like their whole army and gets to really showcase his abilities is such a great moment and watching all of the characters that they've helped and run into come back to help them is just so rewarding and satisfying oh my my god (laughs) that was not rewarding Isaac was like, oh, Haru's back. And I was like, which one is he? And then I was like, oh, wait, that's Haru? All like, the way back in season like, one. He looks like a grown freaking man now. And it was like, <laughs> oh, I just, it's, okay, there's a moment where, you know, they all leave. They end up leaving, you know, all the other older guys to go to get captured because they're like, leave without us. Take the younger ones. So they leave the older guys. And the dad's like, well, I've already gone there before. Yeah. I guess I can go back again. <laughs> Like, like that's my life i was like weren't you just there like he yeah. was like i guess this is my life from now on <laughs> i don't really know the time frame of how long it's been since that episode but like that seems like he's been in prison way too long yeah well he gets to go back at least he can show them the ropes right i guess <laughs> Um, Isaac was talking about Azula earlier in these episodes, and I I agree with him when he's talking about you really see her character come out because you no, know, it's easy for us to sit there and I, I mean especially as like adults sit there and be like, yeah, we know exactly what she's doing. You know, she's just trying to kill time, and we've seen it before, so we know. And it's kind of frustrating because you're like, oh my gosh, just stop talking to her. But she plays to their weaknesses so well, and I think that's what makes her such a good character. She's such a psychopath, and she knows how to get to people. Like when Sokka was like, just don't listen to her. We got to keep going, you know? And then she was like, oh, 
you want to know more about your like precious lover Suki? And I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about Suki. Yeah. But she remembers wow, these. How things. did you forget? <laughs> Wasn't that long ago, guys? <laughs> my favorite characters. I could never forget. Well, Suki. in in the heat of the moment of these episodes and all the characters that have already been held into this episode, I'm not really thinking of like other characters because I'm like, there's so much here. Just thought it was cool. Not cool, but like part of Azula to bring up Suki. Obviously. She plays on their emotions because Azula's not a normal human. Um. <laughs> At all. Yeah. Well, and I and think then- a lot of a lot of Azula's issues haven't really come out to the forefront yet, and that's something that's not tackled until later in this season. But you know, if until you get into that backstory of obviously she has something mentally wrong with her. I mean, that's she's not a normal human, like you said. But on top of that is just the really messed up family dynamic that is the royal family of the Fire Nation. It's just messed up. It's amazing that Zuko turned out half as decent as he did, honestly. We even made a comment about that, too. Um, I think... It's Hoff- the next episode. Yeah. That, yeah. Or at the next episode after part two. I just love how Zuko is on the up and up, and then Azula is just on the decline, just, like, completely opposite from where they were at the beginning of the season. We don't see that she's on the decline yet, because she's still, like, plotting and being as evil as she always is. I mean, I but get it's coming. You, you know it's coming, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I just think it's funny when like, in Firebend again, she's like, oh, my dad's down the hall to the left, down the stairs. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sure he'll be waiting for you. Then tries to kill them right there. She just runs off. I'm like, okay, bye, Azula. <laughs> and then they all realize, like, oh, she did exactly, we fell like, exactly into her uh, lap. And then they're like, we're so it. stupid. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are. <laughs> but they're kids, I mean, they're too. kids. Yeah, they're children. <laughs> yeah, I, have to, I have to keep remembering that. It, but... it makes sense why they would fall for it. But they've done so many other amazing things. I just forget sometimes. And they're mm-hmm. so powerful in their own right. I was telling Isaac, I was when they uh, assembled this crew and you're seeing everyone there preparing to go into battle. I just told Isaac, I'm like, isn't it weird that the most powerful people they have are children? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Like, let the most powerful people go. We can stay here and get captured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Where was Jet and Smellerby and Longshot? Aren't they dead? Uh, they died? They died. Jet died. Where have you been? That was in Bossing Say. Jet he died? Well, I totally yeah. missed him. <laughs> Hold up. I need to look this up, but I'm pretty... I, I mean, he got hit with... He, okay, so there's no confirmation that he died, but the last time you see them... Is down in the bottom of Bossing Say in the the little yeah, yeah. secret prison. Right. Yeah, and he got his freaking neck broken. There's no way he was okay. And then the others were were there, um, going up against the Dai Li alone. And there's just no way that they would have survived against them. There's just no freaking way at all. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Dang, I never really like sat you there. Never and them again. You'll you never see. Yeah, you don't. I don't think you do in the comics either. I could be wrong, but you don't. You definitely don't see him again don't. in the cartoon. So I mean, it's not that big of a loss. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he did help them. True. I just am not a Jet fan. Some people go crazy over him. People, like, freak out. I just don't understand it. Never will. So I just am like, okay, bye, Jet. That's fine. <laughs> um, Can we just talk about Hugh and how he shows oh up with, like, Hugh? the seaweed? And I'm like, man, he could probably take out that whole crew by himself. <laughs> they're, like, Where? they're like, where's Hugh? And then they look around and he's in the water. He's like, sorry, guys. I got to get some seaweed. <laughs> Like, okay, the swamp benders don't really care for them until this moment. Like, they really showed how helpful and good people they are for the crew. Yeah, there's a moment where they're um, they're like submarine. Which can we just acknowledge the fact that Sokka had this idea and then you know had that crazy the, the dude in the wheelchair's dad. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> 
<laughs> the engineer guy, you know, he made it. Wait, what was his name? I have no idea. I don't even remember the kid in the wheelchair's name. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I just don't. He's in like one no. episode, you know? <laughs> Sorry. I know his name. Um, it's like that one dude from Korra, the the fire ferret dude. Suck. Yeah, you always remember. I never a remember suck. his name. A suck. A suck. A suck. <laughs> a suck um, um, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the the submarine is cool. MVP. I, yes, he is the M- MVP. And uh, there's that scene where they're in the submarine and the ship gets. Uh, like that chain hits it and it gets pulled up, and then this one of the swamp benders for some reason, and maybe it's because they're wearing green. I was like, yeah. why is an earth bender water bending? Yeah, and then completely. Isaac was like, um, I think that's a swamp bender. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally it forgot they're me here up too. All of a sudden, you see them like turn the water to ice. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, oh yeah, I was like, wait, earth benders can do that? They're water benders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moment on my part i was like what the heck is happening yeah it really trips you up with their costumes especially because they're wearing like leaves and like greenery yeah i think there's multiple comments in those episodes where like can they please put some pants on (laughs) (laughs) um all jokes aside though these these episodes are very it's very suspenseful and action-packed and it's cool to see because you've been waiting for this moment obviously uh, what I think is crazy, though, is how Aang shows up to fight the Fire Lord and everyone's gone. Like, everyone but the, like, defense team for the Fire Nation is gone. This is the moment right now where they are truly pretty much alone in, like, their journey. I mean, they have been this whole time, but all those people back there are captured now. So mm-hmm. they got to figure out another plan and what they're going to do to defeat the Fire Lord. Yeah, I think that's what they, they realize, you know, like, and I... I think Toph was the most level-headed one out of everyone during these episodes. Because yeah, even she Toph. says, she's like, hey, it didn't work out, but let's just go back and make another plan, you know? Like, we'll figure it out again. Yeah, she might be, like, sarcastic and kind of the bigger, um, I don't know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with her element, too. I mean, she's... Yeah. Her- yeah. She's going to be steady. She's going to be rock solid. She's going to be stubborn. She's not going to be moved easily by events around her. And it just goes to show how the elements um, impact personalities in the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And even the way Aang, um, because he's air, the way he deals with things, it's very sometimes, me at least, most of the time, it's quick. The way he gets over things or um, He doesn't respond- actually deal with them. Like, he, like I think Aang's thing is, and you kind of see it a little bit with the episode that we all hated, <laughs> episode 9, uh, Nightmares and Daydreams. He hasn't really taken into consideration what's at stake until that moment, which is why the anxiety hits him so hard. Yeah, and he yeah. just he he runs from all of his problems. I mean, that's what he's doing in his dreams the entire time is running, <laughs> yeah. and staying awake. And- I'm pretty well, sure that was like a video game reference, but I can't figure out which games. No, I just thought it was cool that they were able to explore that. I feel like it was an anime reference. It felt like very anime-ish to me. Oh, game. I told Isaac, I'm like, why does this kind of look like Naruto or like Dragon Ball? It reminds me of Dragon Ball. Journey to the West. Journey to, it reminded me of Journey to the West. Yeah. What Dragon Ball's influenced by, so. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about these episodes? There's a, it's jam-packed, you know, there's a lot, a lot that happens. You can tell that they definitely took their two best action directors and Giancarlo and Yakim and gave them these two episodes because the choreography, the storyboarding, the directing of everything is so well done. It feels Mm -hmm. like you're watching an action movie, like a a multi-million dollar action movie when you watch these episodes. Um, 
And and of course, the the big thing that that comes out of all this is Zuko and Iroh both kind of they've already gone their separate ways, quote unquote. But Zuko now has completely turned his back on his dad, which he should have done a long time ago. But that's the interesting part about Zuko's character, and, and it goes to show like how children um, that are abused oftentimes still cling to the parent that abuses them, uh, looking for that affection, looking for that love. And then of course, Iroh now is busted out. Um, mm. And I mentioned this earlier. We were texting back and forth when I was watching these episodes um that zuko could have killed his dad right there he could like fire alert yeah. like, could already be dead no he's got to sit there and monologue like he's the protagonist in some crappy anime the whole time and i'm like god just stab him already just kill him yeah well and even i said i was like it would have been so much better if zuko killed his dad than Aang. it would have meant so much more you know because he has I, I feel like i mean Aang's saving the world i get it but zuko has so much more personal like a personal vendetta well, against his and dad. And Zuko would have gotten the job done better because he probably he killed him. But Aang <laughs> can't get that far. But <laughs> yeah. You know who did um, die in these episodes, though? Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we can move on to the next episode. <laughs> uh, what is this? This is the, like... West- uh, the Western Air Temple. Yes, Western Air Temple. And can we just talk about how cool the Western Air Temple yeah. is for I want to know the minute? reasoning for why it was built upside down. Like, I want to know the lore behind that. I'm sure because they're airbenders, they can, like, you know, function that way. <laughs> don't know. It's interesting, though. And then you get to see, like, the, the big statues and, like, murals and Yeah, Rachel, whatnot. one of the female airbenders popped up, like, statue popped up. And Rachel was like, is that Yang Chen? And I'm like, I have no idea at this point. Like, all of these statues or female, they all look the same because they're monks. Like, they yeah. all have the bald head yeah. and that same necklace. It's like... I mean, um, there's usually other facial structure features that would uh, show you what's up. But and I, that's the one thing that Avatar, like, I didn't appreciate until I sat down to rewatch is the backgrounds on Avatar are phenomenal. I mean, just the entire phenomenal. settings are already great, but... I mean, those it's it's like a watercolor painting as a background mm-hmm. in every single scene. Uh, it just totally sets the the atmosphere. Um, whether you go back to you know the lighthearted stuff like nightmares and daydreams, or you go all the way forward to the Western Air Temple, or even in the middle of battle, like everything just feels so complete. And a lot of that has to do with the backgrounds. I think. Yeah, totally agree. They're they're beautiful. You know. Um, I don't think it's hard to do. Like the average um, cartoon episode takes like what 10 to 12 months a year almost like, mm-hmm. think about how much time that took just to do the backgrounds how much they spent working on those like it's not even the animation that's just the background but i feel like they put their passion into every single portion of this show and that's why it's rated so highly and why it's so good um with this episode i think what bothers me the most is we so Zuko obviously has left, has turned against the Fire Nation, and now wants to join the Avatar to help him firebend. He's following after them. The thing is, is he, when he goes to talk to them, you know, we all know that at this point, Zuko's sincere. You know, we all know that, at least for me, I'm like, oh, just accept him into the crew. But you know, obviously, they can't do that because of their past experiences with him. I just want to shake them and be like, it's okay. You can trust him. <laughs> and then Toph goes up there and gets her feet burned. And it's like, oh no. Which can I just say, like, she could have gotten any part of her body burned, but her feet, the one thing she sees with is what gets burned. You feel for her. At least I do. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, Toph. that's definitely a narrative device there. <laughs> they took what we know, like no one wants to see Toph's feet get burned. So they, that's why they went for that from a narrative perspective. No one wants to see Toph's feet, period. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you're, it's like, if you're going to hurt Toph, 
I mean, if you yeah. poke her eyes out, it's not going to make a huge difference. But if you burn her feet, it's going to make a really big difference in, in how yeah. she's going to be able to function. And then it's interesting, too. She's the first one to accept Zuko. She gets burned by Zuko. And she's still accepting of Zuko, which goes to show you what kind of a person Toph is. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, Katara made a good point. You know, when she's, Katara, I mean, Katara is the most standoffish of him. But she's, talk, she's talking about how, she, you know, Toph wasn't, boil. wasn't there experienced everything they did in the beginning with Zuko, but Toph also has that capability to tell when someone's being truthful or not, yep. you know, and she can, she can sense that sincereness. So I feel like even if she was there in the beginning, like that first season, she still would have felt his heart, I guess, the, ser- the sincereness in it all. It's kind of weird to me though, because in the, literally the previous episode, she tried to tell if Azula was lying or not, and she couldn't even tell. It was okay, obvious. Well, so that's obviously because Azula is a sociopath. Like, there's people uh, okay. that can... Okay, but this, is, this is what I'm trying to say, is he's in the same family, so wouldn't you be a little worried, or, like, no. I mean, I no. would. No, would I, I like, would are, are you saying that you would be worried in trusting Zuko because they're brother and sister and think that... Because they're in the a- same royal family that has caused all this turmoil. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, Azula's clearly crazy. Obviously, you know? but I'm Zuko, saying... Zuko, you at least have... They've all had moments with she him. She was super quick to accept him. Oh, no. I which, understand. Which I'm not saying is bad. Obviously, he's not... A, he's, like, changing, but... Mm-hmm. Saying. Um, I, I think as crazy is you know, Sparky Sparky Boom Man shows up and he ends up pretty much killing himself because um no Go excuse me that kill goes to Sokka's boomerang okay oh, Sokka's true. boomerang gets the credit on that one I don't accept that no, no very true he, I don't the, accept it. the reason that uh exploded was because uh his boomerang right in the eye and then they're like he's like oh dang it it didn't work and then he tried to do the combustion again and that's when he blew up but yeah that's literally think- the only reason he blew up would think though but it happened before and no, so it- Yes, it did. It ha- they hit his eye. He oh, tried yeah. and it exploded in his face again this episode. So I'm like, he know? True. That's one thing is, wouldn't he have known that he shouldn't combustion bend after... Getting hit-, hit directly in the eye? <laughs> yeah, that's where I was a little confused, too. But I mean, just kind of a nuisance in the whole show anyway. And now that Zuko's on the crew, you're just like, okay, now we don't need him chasing after the Avatar anymore. Um. Oh, well, after that whole situation, you know, then they accept... Zuko, well, I accept him as much as I can. You know, Aang is like, okay, I'll let you teach me how to firebend. Toph's like, okay, I'm fine with it. It gives me time to get back at him for hurting me, you know? And then is like, yeah, okay, I guess if you're okay with it. And then Katara, of course, whatever, if you're okay with it. But then this is this is a moment to me um, at the end of the episode, towards the end of it, she, Katara shows up in Zuko's room and pretty much tells him, like, if he does anything at all, that makes her think that he's moving in the wrong direction or trying to hurt she literally says if you do anything to her ang you know like i will be there to pretty much end you kind that of that is what i i'm not gonna lie she was kind of annoying about zuko but in that moment what she said like i agree 100 percent. like that is awesome that she's at link well, and it's Aang. one of those moments too where me and jackie had talked about this earlier too about like people that ship zuko and katara we just don't understand it <laughs> but this moment too goes to show you like she truly has Aang's back. And it, it, the thing is, is like, it's easy to say, yeah, he's the avatar and she's been with him through the, through it all too. But you know, like they do end up together. And that's the thing is, 
are you going to tell me that Zuko and her should end up together when she always has Aang's best interest at heart? Toxic. Well, and wasn't it just, um, I could be wrong, um, but their first kiss was just in the Day of Black Sun, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, at this point, Katara, I mean, she's a 14-year-old girl. She just had her first kiss with someone that she believes she's in love with. She's going to do literally anything for that boy. She's going to do anything. Yeah. And, in that, and that includes not trusting someone like Zuko, whose entire purpose in life us up to that point had been to capture the Avatar. Yeah, well, and she had her own moment with him where he was very tender towards her and she thought that he was changing and then he totally goes the complete opposite way. And like breaks that trust that they were building in that moment. I mean, she not only has her own personal issues with him, but he's also trying, he's been trying to go after the Avatar this whole time. Yep. I feel, I feel the same way she does, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, These episodes though make me very excited for the next ones that are to come. <laughs> Jackie's like, ah. I mean, now we get Boiling Rock. Oh my and, god, no, uh, Boiling wait. Rock is really good. I love Boiling Rock. That's one of the and, best. And Southern Raiders is also lumped in that group, and I'm just not yeah. here for. <laughs> yeah. Oh just yeah. Katara's moment where you're just like, okay. You talked about before. <laughs> like we're all like, okay, yeah. We talked about it before. I mean, at the end of the day. They are majors, kids, so what I'm about to say isn't really going to mean anything because they are so young, but like, it's like this prejudice against the Fire Nation culture and people themselves, you know, when it's it's not those people's fault, really, it's the people in power. They're just doing, doing out the job. And you, I mean, you see it with like killing. Hama, true. <laughs> still like slaughtering their mom and, you know. <laughs> true, but that specific out the air nomads. Soldier, that specific like those people. Yeah. It's crazy. Some of the different themes that you see throughout Avatar. It's kind of, it's, I guess, more subtly in there. You, at least as a kid, when I was watching it, you don't notice those themes as much. Yeah. Until you get older and you're like, wow, this is interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I have, do you, does anyone else want to add to this episode or anything else with these group of episodes? Mention anything? I think that's all I had for this watch through. <laughs> it was more, I mean, it, it definitely caught, kept my interest well except for the episode nine i mean i watched it but it didn't interest as much as the next episode i felt like i was just so into it that i i mean i didn't really even keep notes these episodes i was just like man this is very interesting Jackie, do you have anything to add <laughs> listening to my dog whine in the background um <laughs> your comment about the themes that avatar tackles i think that's one of the reasons why as a teenager i really enjoyed avatar is that i could tell that it was tackling mature themes better than any other cartoon show at the time had and you can see that in these episodes it's very clear but no i have nothing yeah. else to add these episodes are phenomenal day of black sun holds up even now here we are 13 years later it's still some of the best animation i've seen i don't mean necessarily oh, yeah. from a technical standpoint of animation but i mean just the overall package is so complete. yeah it's, it's phenomenal the voice acting the music i mean i can't talk enough about the music the backgrounds everything about it's so well done yeah. and it holds up so well so it's it was a real joy to be able to to revisit these episodes again yeah agreed definitely a good good group of episodes compared to the beginning of season season three Season one, season one, we're no. all the way back. <laughs> I mean, we're reminded for the of the previous episodes because of the all the characters that come back. Okay, <laughs> are you ready to wrap it up? Yeah. <laughs> well, as always. Oh, also, I would like to say um, the giveaway we have going on, of course, is lasting until we are done, which is almost. We're we're coming to the end of these uh, episodes. Our giveaway is going to last until then, and we now have an Instagram, which is 
at Let's Talk Avatar. And the giveaway is available on there as well as Twitter. We'll put information too in the description below on YouTube. So if you're listening on Spotify, I mean, you can find us at Let's Talk Avatar on Instagram and then Let's Avatar on Twitter. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. And Jackie, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yes, absolutely. Isaac, anything else you'd like to add? He's like, he's just like, no, this is awkward. Wow. Um, hi guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Now hey, we gotta get Craig. Craig you know. go, Craig. Get out. Of here. Hey, get out. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Isaac. And I'm Rachel. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com. On Instagram under nonessentialmedia. On Twitter at nonessentialm. And on Facebook by searching nonessentialmedia. Join us next week for another episode of Let's Talk Avatar. We love you, baby hope.